Hello, Funny Books fans. This is Tony Mast of the Backseat Producers, Backseat Box Office, sometimes Backseat Quickies, a while ago Tony's Losing It, etc., etc. Anyway, I am uh, being given a few minutes of your time today during the Funny Books podcast to talk to you about Sausage Fest. Sausage Fest is a charity of room party event held during Archon, which is located in St. Louis. Uh, it is a uh, Archon is a sci-fi fantasy gaming convention that is held October 12th through the 14th, 2012, this year. And Sausage Fest takes place on Saturday night, October 13th, from eh, 9 or 10 o'clock at night until uh, we run out or until they kick us out, one of the two. Um it's uh, it's a great time. This is, this will be our third Sausage Fest, and we are raising money again this year for breast cancer awareness. Uh, we are supporting the Breast Cancer Research Foundation, which uh, their information can be found at bcrfcure.org. It's a great organization. Uh, any money we give them, 91 cents of every dollar will go directly to research and awareness. Uh, they only keep uh, 9% for administration and you know, website and stuff like that. And uh, we're looking for donations. Uh, we're looking for you to show up. If you're in the St. Louis area, if you're coming to Archon, join us. Uh, you will probably see pink flyers all over the place. And just look for one of those or look for somebody with a pink wristband or a pink t-shirt. And, um, and, and we'll point you to the, we'll point you to the party. If you can't make it, but you would like to give to support Sausage Fest and to support Breast Cancer Awareness, this is Breast Cancer Awareness Month, everyone. Uh, good guys, bad guys. Uh, and you may have seen around Facebook, and I'll try and get a link to the guys so that they can uh, maybe post it along with the site. There's a great campaign somebody did showing female superheroes giving themselves a breast self-exam as a... a sponsorship for breast awareness breast cancer awareness month uh everybody can anyone can get breast cancer uh men women anybody uh it, it is a terrible thing and it affects people's lives it uh it kills uh you know we can we can make fun we can you know say it's for second base the tatas boobies whatever but it's killer and uh, that sucks uh, nobody likes when people die and unfortunately, it's this is not comic book land where people come back. So if you get a chance, please check out our website, SausageFestSTL.com. Uh, come there. You can donate. You can check us out. If you have your own blog or website, please link to us and let people know that we're doing this. We will be collecting donations through the month of October, but we're trying to get donations ahead of Sausage Fest to make it the best shindig we can so that uh, we get a lot of happy drunk geeks giving us lots of money. So thank you guys for your time. Thank you to Aaron, Paul, Tim, Wayne. Jonathan's not around anymore. Andrew is soccering or whatever. So uh, yeah, thanks to everybody. And uh, hey, happy reading.
with Aaron, Polly, Tim, and Wayne. I'm Aaron. I'm Polly. This is Wayne. This is Tim. Uh, you know, I still miss Andrew from the opening credits of the show. It's I just miss Andrew. Andrew. Every time I drive down his street. <laughs> and I look in his windows, I miss him just a little bit more. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, the one time I almost didn't miss him, but he dove into the mulberry bushes. Whereas, he- where, you know, Tim's trying to kill Andrew, whereas Paul is just stalking Andrew. Isn't that what we're talking about? <laughs> yeah. Isn't that the same thing? Yeah. I mean, doesn't one lead to the other eventually anyway? Well, you know, you're just wanting to rekindle that fire that the two of you lit back in St. Louis over a year ago. <laughs> Greatest beer ever. <laughs> it was a good beer. Yeah, bastard. Yeah, man. <laughs> uh, good times. Oh, eh. poor Aaron. Yeah, nobody likes you. <laughs> and for those of you who haven't been listening to the show for two years, that joke is lost on you. <laughs> But you know what is a joke? What's that, Paul? Did you ever see that William Shatner documentary, The Captains? Yeah, you didn't like it? No. How did you like it? (laughs) (laughs) Because it was William Shatner talking to the other... uh... To the other uh, Star Trek captains. Yeah, I've yeah. always wondered if it's any good. So now I have Aaron telling me it's good and Paul telling me it's not. I generally <laughs> side with Aaron. Hmm. It depends on what you're looking for. It's like, interesting. It's not it, good. It is entertaining. Uh, <laughs> I mean, it's it is completely worth it for the surreal experience that is the William Shatner interview of uh, 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 fuck what it, the hell Avery Brooks. Avery Brooks, yeah, from yeah, the, the captain from DS9 because. That dude's crazy. Um, yeah, that that dude got arrested recently. Did he really? Yeah, for uh, I don't know if it was drunk or alcoholism or something like, or okay. drunk driving for, or something. For a minute, I was wondering which one you were talking about because I think William Shatner qualifies as pretty crazy too. Well, uh, he's the most normal one in the documentary. I gotta yeah, say, sur- surfing is his well, life. I don't know if you know well, that. Him and Chris Pine. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because Chris Pine just shows up and he's like. I don't really want to be here. Yeah. I'll say a couple words to you, and you can cut away now. I mean, the 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 interview is it it, it adopts a self importance that it really doesn't deserve. But uh, <laughs> you know, the Avery Brooks portion of that interview is just so bizarre. Um, and then the the interview that he does with uh, Kate Mulgrew, you know, is just weird as well. I mean, he. Shatner does an interview like he's trying to find out about you. He's interviewing you so he can talk about himself. Yeah. <laughs> and that uh, totally sounds like Shatner. Yeah, I mean that's exactly are what the, it is. But are I mean, these one on one interviews then? I kind of figured they'd all be up on stage together. No, it's one on one. He goes he travels oh. to each location and visits with them. And so like he when he visits Scott Bakula, they're sitting in a little uh, uh pavilion and, and doing their interview and he accosts Chris Pine outside the Paramount studio and uh, visits Kate Mulgrew on the set of a, of a uh, stage play she's doing uh, visits Avery Brooks in his home. Uh, and I mean, seriously, Avery Brooks, crazy. Son of a I bitch. mean, seriously, that's all Avery Brooks does is sit around his house anyway <laughs> <laughs> and do drugs. Apparently. Well, and, and make up little songs to himself. I mean, that he, he does that. He and he and, uh, uh, Shatner do this little improvisational jazz number that is just weird. I mean, th- and you can, you can even see the look on Shatner's face. Like I'm going with this because it's good TV, but Holy shit, this guy's off his nut. 
I mean, there, there yeah, is that, yeah. whole, you know, Shatner is just, you know, playing along with the gag that this guy is nuts. <laughs> yeah, it, it is very clear that William Shatner is like, ooh. <laughs> 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 yeah. Why didn't we screen this guy before I came here? We couldn't have need... talked to someone else. We couldn't have talked to Worf. Yeah, I'm going to need to wash my hands twice to get the crazy off of me. I mean, it was just Avery Brooks, crazy, crazy son of a bitch. But yeah, I you know I I I I thought it was entertaining. I thought it was interesting. I think it's on Netflix. Yeah, I think so too. It's um, it's it's definitely interesting. Uh, you know, it's it, it's in, the documentary is interesting just to find out how uninteresting all those people really are. <laughs> well, you know, again, you know, if you're a Star Trek fan, you're going to get a kick out of this. If you're not a Star Trek fan, don't watch it. Because there is nothing there for you if you're not a Star Trek fan. But if you enjoy Star Trek, uh, you'll get a kick out of watching Shatner getting other people to talk about him. Because that's essentially <laughs> what it is. Yeah, and not talking about Star Trek, really. I mean, right. he, he's like, oh, you sing? Let's talk about that. Because right. I sing, too. Yeah, You know, well, I've got horses. <laughs> I say, as far as Shatner's concerned, he is Star Trek. So anytime you're talking about him, you're talking about Star Trek. So what's the new documentary? So William Shatner has um, – he recently did an interview, I believe, with Bleeding Cool, where he says he wants to do – well, he, he has a current documentary that he's shipping around. I guess documentaries are his, his new thing. I guess surfing didn't work out for him, Tim. Uh. <laughs> um, you know, that he, uh, he has a new documentary called Get a Life that's all about Star Trek conventions. And – now he has just begun development on a documentary about Next Generation, a show he was entirely uninvolved in. Well, and I mean, refused to acknowledge for many years. Well, and so that's my question. Um, didn't he, you know, wasn't he ashamed? Yeah, well, you know. Uh, of Star Trek a while back? Right. During the 80s and 90s was his period of, of uh, you know, I'm too cool for Next Generation and uh, – uh, you know, he he didn't want to be involved in it because you know they they had they had approached him on a couple of occasions. Hey, we'd like to include you in a show, and uh, he he wasn't interested in it at all. So you know, you had uh, D. Kelly, who was in uh, Encounter at Farpoint, the the uh, first episode, and then you had you know Leonard Nimoy came back on, and you had uh, Jimmy Doohan, but uh, Shatner was not ever interested in doing that, and so it's he, he has kind of. Uh, tuned in more to the Star Trek experience in his later years that, you know, he's a little bit more happy to be associated with it. Whereas it used to be, I'll, I'll you know, pay me the money. I'll show up. I'll be Kirk for you, but uh, I'm not going to do your, your stupid conventions and whatnot. You know, he'd do one or two conventions a year and now he's doing more conventions and he's doing these documentaries. So in other words, once Travelocity fired him, he didn't have money anymore. So now he's all about the Star Trek. You know, I don't Travel Travelocity didn't fire him. He, <laughs> He dedicated his life to surfing. That's right. That's what happened. He ran into the waves. He ran into yep. the waves. Later, dude. Yeah. Just like Patrick Swayze. That's right. <laughs> but uh, no, yeah, that guy's I, dead. That's I, what happened. I, I don't know what uh, Shatner's turnaround was in 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 regards to Star Trek, other than just getting <clears> money. <throat> yeah, you know, I, 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 I think attending all these conventions, he realized he could. Make, he he could make a living off of this, you know, and I think uh, you know getting his uh, shit. My dad says TV show canceled. 
<laughs> they have lit a fire under but his ass to, to make some money. Come on, Shatner has worked his entire career. I don't think it's got. I don't think it's money. I honestly don't. I, I mean, it may be ego, um, you know, and, and, and you know, staying in front of fans and whatnot. But you know, he has he has had a very successful B level movie career. You know, he he has been he was in Boston Legal. He uh, he had the uh, whatever the hell the you know shit my dad says show. I mean, he's been. He, there has not been a long period of time where Shatner wasn't in front of cameras. I really don't think that it's that it's money related, though I'm sure the money doesn't hurt. William Shatner has played William Shatner a lot. Yeah, because that, that's all he ever is. Same character. Yeah, no, I don't get me wrong. I mean, you know, Shatner is what Shatner is. I love him as Kirk. I'm happy to continue seeing him as Kirk, but uh, you know, even old fat Kirk, I'm happy with. But you know, they might as well have just called it "shit." My Kirk says. <laughs> you know what? And it would have had better ratings. But you know, I, I I think it's got more to do with age than anything else. I think at a certain point in your life, you, you know, you look back and you go, you know what? That was a pretty big part of my life. Maybe I should be more comfortable with that. Maybe I should own that instead of trying to distance myself from it. That, that's how Aaron looks back to his disco years. That is correct. And my mutton chop sideburns. Right. And he will be making a documentary about both very soon. <laughs> <laughs> and he'll even make a documentary about 80s techno, even though he didn't like it at the time. <laughs> See, I'm preparing a documentary as well, but I can't start it until January 1st. <laughs> Oh, uh, so this isn't on the outline, so I'm gonna sneak this in here, Paul. I yes. saw Toy Hunter. <gasps> What'd you think? Okay, so the guy doesn't. The guy sort of looks like Samwise Gamgee, but it's more yeah. like if Samwise Gamgee and Booger from Revenge of the Nerds had a pain. <laughs> <laughs> That's kind of how this guy looks. That show pissed me off. Okay, and it okay. just pissed me off because I had most of those toys when I was a kid. It's like, oh, look, I could have got $300 for Snake Mountain. No, it was more about the fact that they had this they had this thing from this, like the 1980s Superpowers toy collection called the Dark Side Destroyer, right? And it was this, this big, stupid Canadian uh, like toy that wasn't imported here. And they kept calling it the Dark Seed Destroyer every single fucking time they brought it up. It drove me nuts. You know, I have seen Darks or heard Dark Side pronounced as Dark Seed before, uh, like in no, an official TV cartoon. That. Yeah, and nobody you, does it now because it's wrong. Well, except the Toy Hunter, apparently. Uh, uh, and anybody that talked about it, oh, I might be able to get a whole lot of money if I find the right buyer because Canadian. Da 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 da. <sighs> Didn't it's kind of like American Pickers, Paul? American Pickers in the in Toy Hunter. Just make me angry. Didn't they pronounce it Dark Seed on uh, uh, Super Friends? I think they did. I think that's where, and that was what the Superpowers line was mostly based off of, right? I mean, there wasn't a Superpowers cartoon, was there? I don't believe so. I don't think so. Yeah, I I, I, his Toy Hunter pisses me off in, in the way that, like, oh, I had that toy. And even in shit condition, I could make $300 on it right now. Uh yeah, so if I want to upsell myself, like I don't have enough anger in my life, I need to watch Toy Hunter. <laughs> See, this is what happens when you get cable, Tim. Anger. You get angry at all the stupidity. Yeah. Like I watch yes. Judge Judy and I just want to go on a, a rampage. I had one of those moments this week too, Tim. I was watching South Park and I discovered something called Honey Boo Boo. Oh, Jesus. And I, then I looked I, it up on YouTube to see what this thing was and... 
I am uh, I am disturbed for humanity that this show exists. All I know is it's bad, and I don't know anymore, and I don't want to know anymore. <laughs> so, so Tim, are you watching Sons now that you have cable? No, because I I missed like a whole season. Uh, I, I'm not jumping in. It, like it's the same thing with Burn Notice. Like no, I need to catch up. I'm not. Do I do I need to send you the Blu-ray from last season? Uh, the last season I saw was three. I have season four, I think. So we'll talk, you and me. Okay. Okay. Well, is is this season five? Yes, I believe so. Okay. Well then, yeah, that would that would help. Okay. <laughs> All right. But, uh, and then we can have a conversation because you know shit's going on and charming that I need to discuss. I'm surprised charming hasn't blown up yet. <laughs> <laughs> hey, did you see it, the totally again? Not on the outline. Did you see I accosted one of our listeners this week on Twitter? Oh, what did you do, Paul? Yeah, you know, well, we only have like four. <laughs> listen, <laughs> listen, Paul. I know William Paul has the worst fantasy football team ever. He knows it too. He's, he's so mean to verbally abuse him about it. Uh, no, but I'll do that this weekend. All right, um, fair enough. Now, one of our listeners, and who, who will remain unnamed, names withheld to protect the innocent, posted on Twitter. Uh, the last thing I want to do, <laughs> the last thing I want to do, or something like that, is listen to two guys talk about the Dark Knight Returns today. You know, changing this podcast, it's not doing it for me today. Oh, really? Wow! I and I was like, "What are you talking?" About? I'm like, I said, "Oh, I just posted back." <clears throat> hmm. And he just said, "Hmm, indeed." And I'm like, "Oh, he is talking about it." <laughs> 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 so I'm like, you know, we always welcome constructive feedback what about our conversation didn't you like you know something like that and apparently he was not talking about us he was actually talking about kevin smith's fat man on batman that had a Uh, a a running commentary or something yeah it was basically they watched the movie and commented as they watched it it is a not a, not a riff track because they're not making jokes about it. It's kind of like director's commentary, except the director in question. It had nothing to do with the project. Right. Yeah, and it was so actually I, a pretty entertaining commentary. I listened to it last Yeah, time. I agree. Even though it's, yet again, somebody who has no real reason to uh, <clears throat> yeah. to be on the show with him. You know, every time I listen to Fat Man on Batman, you know, and he's got somebody who's not really linked to Batman – you know, I'm like, oh, God, this is going to be a waste of my yeah. time. And then I find up, I wind up really enjoying it. Yeah, I'm enjoying those episodes more than the ones where they're actually connected lately. Well, you know, the only episode of Fat Man on Batman I've not enjoyed is uh, the Adam West episode, and that was just because the sound was so crappy. Uh, see, I enjoyed the Adam West one just because Adam West was hilarious on it. Oh, you see, the timing was so bad because the uh, the the sound in the room was so poor. I just it was really difficult to listen. Yeah, to. but it was a great interview. I look forward to him uh, bringing him in the studio like he's talking about doing. Yeah, no, that'll be that'll be great. He's really good with the with somebody in the studio, or I should say, you know, his house. Um, the episode that he has this week with uh, Diedrich Bader that I didn't think I was going to enjoy. You know, Diedrich Bader yeah. voiced Batman from the Bat uh, uh, the Brave and the Bold. They don't even talk about Batman on the episode, but and it was great. It was fantastic. And I was like, God damn it. Because, you know, I'm like, I was all ready to get bent about this episode. And, you know, then he turns out a really good show. So it's very surprising to me. I mean, Kevin really? Smith is the only one I know of who's gotten Adam West to make penis jokes in an interview. Uh, it happens all the time. You can't get Adam yeah. West to shut up about penis. We got him to talk about it. And he yeah. wasn't even on our show. That's right. Yeah. I mean,. <laughs> 
It was on the Ideology of Madness uh, call line. I mean, it was so blue we couldn't put it on the show. Yeah. So iTunes would have dropped us in a heartbeat. <laughs> uh, it, um, I, I am behind on my Fat Man on Batman. Uh, what does Bleeding Cool have that we don't have, William Shatner? It just, it just occurred to me. I'm sorry I'm behind the conversation. Paul. Let's get back on the rails, kids. <laughs> Paul. Yes, Aaron. Aaron. Um, so DC Nation last week? Aaron? DC Nation last week? Oh, we moved past that. Yes, DC Nation last week. Yeah. Um, so uh, well, you've got a little bit of Green Arrow going on there. you got a little bit of... Uh, <laughs> we got a little bit of Green Lantern. Hold on. you got a little Green Arrow going on. you got a little bit of uh, uh, Red Arrow going on. Oh, a little talking. bit of yeah, we're talking about Young Justice. Keep up, Paul. Whatever. Keep up. Yellow green arrow, yellow red red arrow, and you got a little arsenal. Arsenal. Yeah, yeah. I um, you know, I, I like how they did that. I, do I too. like how they brought arsenal into. So you know, last week Young Justice and Green Lantern, the animated series, returned to Saturday mornings, uh-huh. and um, the uh, the premiere of Young Justice had a. Uh, uh, for those who don't remember, you know the series has jumped five years into the future following season one. Um, the future, the future. The kids are all grown up, and uh, you know we found out that uh, Red Arrow. I think we found this out at the end of last season that Red Arrow was actually a clone, and that Roy Harper was still somewhere, and they have finally found him, um, and he, 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 he he's pretty. Yeah, <laughs> it was just no, no. Like, he was under Gotham City. They had him <laughs> under there with all the cops. You see, <laughs> he, he was in his bed the whole time. I mean, <laughs> no one bothered to look there. Um, <laughs> but uh, and he, he he's pretty angry that no one no one found him for five, six, seven, eight years, however long it was. It was eight. It was eight years. It was eight eight yeah. years. And uh, so he has taken on, and he he's lost his arm, and he has now taken on the name Arsenal. The, the original Roy Harper is Arsenal. Well, and, the and there was this, this awesome fight scene uh, where he's trying to kill Lex Luthor, mm-hmm. and you know he's fighting uh, Luthor's bodyguard Grace. And I mean th- that fight scene was fantastic. Yeah, and I thought it was I, a really good episode. I'm yeah. really amazed at how dark they've been able to make this show. I've I love this entire series, but I never thought we'd actually see a character have a severed arm like that and see the uh, the reasoning for it and then it happens in two different cartoons in the course of last week yeah because you had the winter soldier uh, uh story as yeah. well on avengers earth's mightiest heroes young S- justice did the severed arm thing so much better though had more impact well and i don't know what the plans are around young justice but you know with the impending cancellation of uh, uh avengers earth's mightiest heroes I'm hoping that Young Justice sticks around because, you know, it, it, it is telling a similarly grown-up kind of story uh, in, in, in the yeah. cartoon setting. So I'm still, I'm still waiting for some of these big plot points to finish shaking out. Like, we saw Artemis's mother crying over her grave right. in that episode. That was a powerful scene. And that's – everything is all leading up. I don't want to give too many spoilers if people haven't seen uh, the rest of that last season, but – it's gotten to be a really serious adult story. I, I am just completely yeah. hooked on the show. Yeah, Young Justice is just fantastic. And did anyone catch the appearance of Jason Todd? Yes. In this week's Young Justice? Uh-huh. I thought that was very interesting. You mean in the case? Yeah, yeah. 
his little hologram or whatever. As I was watching that, I was like, is that who that's supposed to be? I wasn't positive if that's what they were getting at. Well, I I mean, Tim Drake is there and Dick Grayson's still alive, so it's got to be him. Yeah, I thought at first maybe it could be the retired costume when, uh, you know, when Dick became Nightwing. But yeah, I had a feeling it was supposed to be Jason Todd. Well, uh, Green Lantern uh, also debuted last week. And, you know, last season was a season-long story arc of Green Lantern and Kilowog all the way out on the other side of the universe uh, fighting Red Lanterns. And so I was real curious to see what they were going to do in this season opener. And it's all how on earth meeting Guy Gardner. And I thought of Tim the entire time because I really thought they did a good job of Guy Gardner in this show. Now, I know Wayne's not watching it. Paul, did you see it? I haven't seen it yet, but I've been meaning to. Well, it is it is a really a very good show. Um, and you know they wind up fighting Manhunters. And I, I usually get kind of bored with Manhunters, but it was very interesting the, the way they, they told the story and how it ended up. And I'm, I'm excited for this season of Green Lantern. It's just an awfully damn good show. It, you know, and the most disappointing aspect of it is that the show has only been released on DVD. Yeah, what the hell? It's beautiful in HD. I'd like to have it on Blu-ray. I don't understand that. Yeah, it's for, that's the only reason I haven't bought it, because yeah. I, I'm hoping they will eventually release it on Blu-ray. It seems like it would be so easy to do. It's already, you know, it's it's digital animation. Just put it on Blu-ray. Yeah. It doesn't seem like it would be that hard. Yeah. No, I so. agree. I don't understand that. But, you know, there's a lot of the DC animation that's not available on Blu-ray. Yeah, but I understand some of the older cartoons, but I don't understand the current stuff. That well, just doesn't make sense to me. And I got to say, the Batman animated series looks like ass in HD. Yeah, it does. They really have got to go in there and, and digitally improve that because, you know, I TiVo grabs it for me periodically and, and, and it will record at best quality. And it's being uh, recorded on a, on a uh, HD channel and it just looks terrible. So they need they need to spend some some time loving on that and make it pretty. Yeah, I think it's primarily because of the uh, I mean, there's dust on the original animation cells and stuff like that. And unfortunately, that's just really hard to clean out. If they can clean up Star Trek, they can clean up Batman. Yeah, if if they can clean up freaking Disney Sleeping Beauty from 1930. Exactly. They can clean that shit up. Yeah. Get on it, Warner Brothers. I would buy it. I would buy a Blu-ray Batman set. Oh, hell yeah. Oh, that's the reason why I don't own the complete series, is I'm waiting for it to come out on Blu-ray. I mean, I I just don't have any desire to to own it on DVD when, you know, you've got an HD television. So, anyway. um, You know, but this is a big time for for Warner right now, because, you know, they've got their DC Nation block, which is fantastic. And the new Arrow television series debuts this week. Yeah, October 10th. I'm, I'm actually pretty excited about it. I am not excited about it, but my wife surprisingly is. I eye candy, this, eye candy. Yeah, there's a I, lot of naked men in the ads. Yeah. This is also <laughs> pretty much CW's only big show right now. I mean, this is uh, what they're pinning their hopes to after Smallville's, you know, ended last season. I am oh, encouraged that it doesn't... They have Supernatural still. Calm it down. They do, they do. <laughs> They do. Supernatural is still on. Um, and I, I, I got to be honest, neither show is really, even Smallville is not the highest rated show on this, wasn't the highest rated show on the CW. I mean, yeah, it, it, it has its loyal fan base, and I imagine Arrow will too. But I'm glad because CW's ratings are so sucky that even a TV show like Arrow, which 
you know, it's not going to have billions of viewers, but it has a, a fighting chance more on the CW than it would on a, show, a TV, uh, uh, you know, a like place ABC, like ABC or right. CBS or something. Right. So I, to, I think. What, Oh, go ahead. I, think Arrow, I think Arrow looks really good. I I was dubious of it at first, but I'm I'm so excited that it doesn't look like a teenager show. You know, mm-hmm. like well, Smallville. I just really wasn't interested in seeing Arrow going through high school or college. This looks like somebody <laughs> who's grown up. You know, yeah, which is I, I think a wise decision. And yeah. you, know, you don't want to see that. you don't want to see One Tree Arrow, Aaron. Exactly. Okay. <laughs> so you guys saw the Comicsologies doing a Green Arrow sale in the. Uh, over the course of this week, ending I think on Thursday, as uh, in support of the show, there are a ton of old Green Arrow books for ninety nine cents out there right now. Well, and if mm. you're going to go out there and buy some Green Arrow books, let me help you out. Uh, Green Arrow: The Longbow Hunters, fantastic. Um, gr- the Green Arrow series that they have here from let's see two thousand one through two thousand seven. Also very good. Is that the Judd Winnick stuff? Uh, I think you've got Judd Winnick in there, and I th- think you may have a little Kevin Smith. Let me see. Oh, it's the, it's uh, Kevin, I know there was a Kevin Smith, Brad Meltzer, Judd Winnick right. volume. That, yeah. All of it was Kevin's, good. All of yeah. it was good. Let's say Kevin Smith with the Quiver storyline. Yeah. Uh, so, the, the 2001 to 2007. Yeah, the, the 2001 to 2007 books are great. Stay the hell away from the uh, Brightest Day Green Arrow books. Yep. Those the uh, the 1988 to 1998 the first 50 or so issues of that series were really good too. Yeah. Okay, yeah. I like some of the brightest. Uh, well, I liked a couple of the brightest day. You know, I felt like brightest day started with a lot of promise that never paid off. Yeah. Um, but uh, you know, there, there's a lot good here. There's you've also got some of the uh, Green Arrow, Green Lantern, hard traveling heroes stuff in here. Yeah, which is oh, also and fantastic. The, the old Brave and the Bold. Yeah, they have a bunch you, of those in here. What can, I'm curious about is I have no idea what this Green Arrow the Wonder Year is. I don't know. <laughs> it's it's about when he grows up and his uh you know his best friend Paul is there and they and they pine after a girl named Winnie. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, while, while shooting arrows at her. Jason Hurley beats the <laughs> shit out of him every episode. Um, now what I want to recommend that we haven't, you know, some underrated gems or under you know, advertised gems, Green Arrow Year 1. By Andy Diggle and Jock. Yeah, that's right. Really it's, it's a pretty damn good series. And so is the Green Arrow uh, Black Canary Wedding Special. Oh, God, that's good. All the Green Arrow Black Canary books are good. Yeah, and art by Amanda Connor from Silk yeah. Spectre. Oh, it's so good. Stay the hell away from the rise and fall of Green Arrow. I was wondering about that. I mean, because yeah. isn't that where Arsenal yes. know, does drugs and talks to a dead cat? Right. And uh, it's just <laughs> awful. <laughs> <laughs> I think you just sold Tim on the bus. <laughs> <That's so> weird. <laughs> it's so weird. It, it's just a, it's just a, an awful, awful book. Uh, there's there's a lot of good stuff out here in this Green Arrow sale. A lot of good yeah. stuff. Yeah, and I, I am looking very forward to the Arrow TV series. You know, I want to see. They're going to have Deadshot. They're going to have Black Canary. They're going to have uh, Deathstroke. Uh, all on the series. Uh, it seems like they're really you know. Going whole hog into it, and I'm excited. Yeah, I'm still curious why they didn't keep the continuity with the guy who was playing the Smallville character. But you know, I wondered that too. But I think I don't know. Maybe it's just I easier. Think there's too much. Yeah, I was saying, I think there's too much baggage there. 
Because if they keep that continuity, he's already gone through a bunch of girlfriends. He's already gone through a rise and fall. And then they have to acknowledge that there's Superman in the universe. I think in this series, they're going to want to go a lot more low-key, no powers. And uh, basically just <laughs> basically <laughs> well, just start over with a fresh story. Well, plus Arrow was uh, sorry. Plus Arrow was married at the end of Smallville, so you know maybe not the wise decision to start your show that way. Because he got married to Chloe at some point. Yeah, but, they can't they can't show him drinking and whoring, which they need to do. <laughs> drinking and whoring, uh, but <laughs> you know they're also doing a digital comic. Uh, a digital first comic, just like they do with Smallville, that runs concurrent with the series and is written by the writers of the series. Um, so very much ties into the series. It sounds like it's going to be pretty interesting. So Arrow this week, October 10th. We'll probably talk about it this Saturday. No, that wouldn't be like us. What no. the heck's October 10th? Is that a Wednesday? It is Wednesday. It's New Comic Day and Arrow oh, Day. Oh, that's Survivor Night, Paul. It's going to have to be the right time. <laughs> I can't uh, see, miss I Survivor 27. Is that I don't Survivor, know. the one with uh, with Blair from Facts of Life? Yes, Yes, exactly. it is. And Jeff Kent. I'm so God, excited. Oh, my God. There's something well, we, wrong with we, this podcast. We know Ricochet is watching. <laughs> <laughs> Ricochet endorses Survivor. That's right. I, I do think after seeing her on the show that Blair probably would be the the chosen one. <laughs> <laughs> so, Aaron, sir, Aaron, sir, did you read Detective Comics number thirteen this week? I did. From two a writer Jonathan or John Lehman, uh-huh. featuring art by Jason Fabok from Batman: The Dark Knight. Yep. What'd you think? Well, you know, I. Uh... I read Detective Comics and Trade, so I've got Volume One of the um, of the New Fifty Two Trade. And I got to tell you, that's a that's a hard book to get through. Not because you try it, to read Detective Comics and Trade. Yeah, because I the uh, that first trade is not good. It that is, sucks. It it is it is dense. It is you know, and, and when I say it's hard to get through, it's not that it's challenging. Uh, you know that, that that it's a literary work that that, that that challenged my challenges my sensibilities. No, it's just bad. It's above I'm, your reading level. God, it's just it bad. But uh, you know, I am not a fan of the Penguin. I don't generally enjoy Penguin stories, and of course, the Penguin uh, is featured prominently in this issue of Detective Comics. And I thought he was done really well. Um, I, I I I really rather dug this issue. Yeah, I thought it was a really good start. Uh-huh. Um, I like the way they, like you said, I like the penguin. I like, I like how John Lehman goes a different avenue with the series than you'd expect. Focusing, yeah. you know, he has some good focus on the villains and things like that. Well, and I like that whole, you know, you know, Batman figuring out that somebody's trying to keep him busy. You know, mm-hmm. uh, I, I, I thought that was great. I thought the, uh, the, uh, you know, whole motive that the penguin had to do what he was doing here around the uh the wayne charity was fantastic you know i just i just absolutely dug that and i thought the backup story in this book was really strong as well oh yeah you know if scott snyder does a dynamite dark batman book Mm -hmm. you know this book is has some humor to it um uh, in fact a decent amount of humor to it And, and and i liked seeing bruce wayne being shocked you know, because yeah. there's that scene at the end of the book where he figures out what the penguin has done, and he's just shocked by it, and you're stunned because it, it hits him so personally. You know, mm-hmm. and I was just like, man, that is awesome. 
I mean, I, I really do think that John Lehman struck the chord of the character in this book. Agreed, agreed. And you know, for, I, I don't think he's ever written Batman before, to my knowledge. I don't believe he has either. But uh, it's a it's a damn good book. I enjoyed the hell out of Detective Comics thirteen. Yeah. And uh, I, I am definitely on board. I wish, you know, though I enjoyed the backup feature, mm-hmm. I, I do prefer it being a two ninety nine book, right? Um, but again, if the quality of the backup feature stays consistent, then I'll be okay with it. It just seemed like a, a tack on that didn't necessarily have to do with the story. I, you know, I don't disagree with you. It just seemed to me like the story could have been longer, or the story could have just ended. And and yeah. right, it could have been a two ninety nine book. But uh, I really did enjoy this book. Um, the uh, the the hunt that is going on for Bruce Wayne in the book is really entertaining. Looks like it's going to carry carry forward into uh, additional issues. Um, I, I dug it. I dug it. Yeah, and Jason Fabok, the art, um, mm-hmm. you know, he, he he has a sensibility a lot like David Finch. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I, I thought the art was really good too. Yeah. Yeah, it's just a, I recommend Detective Comics 13. I think it's just a really solid Batman book. Um, now, did you catch the error on one of the pages? I did. <laughs> the the you know it's just it's just an oversight, but you know it's got uh, you know Batman figures out that somebody's hunting Bruce Wayne, and you know the dialogue on the, on the page says Bruce Wayne is that was this has been about. And it just irritates the shit out of me, Paul. <laughs> <laughs> it it just seems unnecessary. Well, it just seems like if you're having to go to the trouble of inking it, that maybe you would have caught that. Well, you know? I mean, the letters are put in after the inks, but you know how many people review this before yeah. it comes out? Yeah, that's your three ninety nine at work. Yeah, it's still the digital copy too, and usually they can fix that stuff digitally. Yeah, but. Just seem, just seems like there are a lot of eyes on it not to have caught that and fixed it before I spent my three ninety nine. Yeah, well, there are a lot of typos in this week's books. <laughs> yeah, well, you know that that three ninety nine doesn't go to pay a, a quality editor. That's all. Apparently, I'll say, you know, or spell check, yeah, or grammar check. Yeah, because I mean that's just one of those things that ought to be caught. Agreed. So, but other than that, I mean, Batman Detective Comics number thirteen, fantastic book. I'm in for fourteen. Agreed. Yeah. So. uh is your book of the week Avengers versus X-Men number 12, though? God damn it. (laughs) (laughs) Here's what I'll say about Avengers uh, versus X-Men number 12. It's over. (laughs) That's what I'll say about it. You know, I actually have some good things to say about it. And it wasn't the worst book of the series. (laughs) Was it the worst? Is that a good thing to say about it? Yeah, I, I think that is a good... nearly as hard as some of the other books. Exactly. Uh, you you said you kind of pointed to one. It's over. There yeah. is an ending. Compared to some of the Marvel events as of late, they actually did an ending to this one. It didn't immediately go right into the next crossover. I mean, it kind of is, but there is a solid ending where if you read this in trade, you would feel like you got the complete story and you'd be wondering why is this story this long when it should have been half this size. I, I have some big problems with this book. Okay. Can I say something before we go into your problems? You may because Marvel seriously, can we have one event book from you? That isn't about a hero going crazy and needing to be put down. 
You know, yeah. I mean, I, you know, I talked about this on Twitter, and there was some discussion because people disagree with me about civil war, right. but I'm I, I'm pretty confident that civil war is is, you know, has that same, you know, sensibility. You're saying but, that Tony Stark was crazy and needed to be put down. Yeah, Tony Stark and Cap both went crazy. Cap and, wasn't know. crazy. No, no, Cap, you Cap wasn't crazy. Okay, no, they, you're but, crazy for saying Cap was crazy. <laughs> but there was siege. You know, with the Sentry, mm-hmm. Secret mm-hmm. Invasion, Janet Pym at the end. Janet um, Pym saved the world. Well, and, and then she went Let's crazy and needed it. to be put in, down. <laughs> in the Marvel universe, heroes don't fight villains. Heroes fight other heroes. Well, you know, I mean, the Heroic Age. It's, isn't it funny that the Heroic Age, the last big Marvel reboot, which was all about heroes fighting villains, ended with heroes fighting heroes? I mean, it's just. It, it, it's yep. just like this common thread: World War Hulks, House of M, Fear itself, because the worthy were heroes that got possessed. Shadowland, AVX. I mean, like every freaking crossover. You think they would actually fight a villain in one of these crossovers? But they are all about heroes fighting heroes. Well, to Frust- be fa- to be fair, Paul. I mean, the thing was called Avengers versus X Men. We we knew going in that's what uh, was going to happen. I, I knew we knew that going in. It's just it's it's frustrating that they can't come up with a concept that doesn't involve heroes fighting villains and still be a good crossover. Oh, I I, I don't disagree with your point. I was just saying that it's it's not like you went in and they ambushed you with this. No, no, no. This is true. That. This so is true. Before before you start dissecting the books. Is there anything that either of you enjoyed about this book? I, I will, I'll point to the design for Hope Phoenix. The Just the costume. I like the look of that costume. I liked the scene where Nova shows up and yes. slams into, into Cyclops Phoenix. And, uh, you know, Cyclops Phoenix says, I see your fear. I see your secret. You don't even belong here, do you? And Nova's response is, can't hear you. Too busy kicking your ass. Yeah, I'm not a Nova fan, but I was cheering when I read those those pages. That was good. I loved that page. Which makes it very interesting. Is this the Nova that we know from? See, yeah, that's exactly what bugs me. Is you? Is it Richard Ryder? Is it his little brother? Is it somebody else? They've never. They have been intentionally vague as to which Nova this is. It definitely seems like a kid when he says when he's invited to join the Avengers and he says, "Let me ask my mom." Right. They just seem very vague on who this guy is. I'm assuming, I'm hoping we'll finally get an explanation sometime soon as to the Guardians of the Galaxy and Nova, but I guess we'll find out. Yeah. But, you know, barring that, I mean, there were some good good moments to this issue. Um, But overall, I'm I'm with Aaron. I'm just glad the series is over. I am, was very disappointed in the artwork in this book. Um, There were a couple of pages that I thought stood out. Um, like for instance, the, the aforementioned Nova scene, there is a nice, uh, double page spread of all the Avengers and X-Men getting their asses handed to them by Cyclops Phoenix. Um, but largely I thought that, that Andy Kubert did not do a very good job on this book. Well, it's Adam, Adam. Is it Adam? But it's Adam. <laughs> Sorry. But, he didn't do a good job. He didn't even bother to show Okay, well, so and, 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 I'm and correct. Honesty, it's Adam Kubert. In all honesty, I, I was lenient on the art just because you know his dad died in the middle of him drawing this book. But I, do I still have to say, had to pay four ninety nine for it, so I'm not cutting you any fucking slack because nice. your dad died. I'm serious. <laughs> I, I, delay oh. the fucking book. Yeah, well, or 
or get a different artist. I mean, cause yeah. remember, if, if I remember correctly, there were supposed to be four John Romita Jr. issues, four Jim Chung issues, and four Andy Q- or Adam Kubert issues. Mm-hmm. And I'm pretty sure it didn't break out like that. And it was Olivia Copiel. It wasn't Jim Chung, wasn't it? Yes. That was, yeah. And, and I'm pretty sure I only saw two Olivier Copiel issues. I, I couldn't speak to that. That would require research. And we know that's not a strong point. So, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> uh, you know, I would have liked the fight scenes better if I didn't just hate the Cyclops costume so much. And you see, I like the Cyclops costume, but, you know, part, uh, let, let me show you. Let me demonstrate some of the pages I disliked. There is this scene where Hope and Scarlet Witch are squ- squaring off in Kunlun, right? And Hope is, you ruined my life. And she looks like a caricature. You know, the, those shoulders don't look real. She's She looks like, you know, why I oughta, you know, kind of a Popeye kind of character. I mean, it's just a little ridiculous. There, there are, <laughs> I would pay for that. There are pages in the book. Let me find it real quick. It's There is a scene where Hulk, uh, Green Hulk and Red Hulk are looking on, and they are literally just caricatures. You know, they've got little dots for eyes. You know, they they just look absolutely ridiculous. Um, yeah, it's it's on the page where they're they're demonstrating the Phoenix costume that uh, that uh, Wayne likes so much, and th- they are standing you know, almost shoulder to shoulder. And oh yeah, I didn't even pay, I didn't yeah. Even catch I mean, that. they might as well have you know the smiley face, have a nice day uh, on them because they don't they have it is so anonymous. On the illustration of their, of their so, faces. Did you catch that the phoenix is racist? <laughs> on the very white ne- phoenix. Yeah, on the very <laughs> next page, the evil phoenix is the dark phoenix. That's right. But if she's going to stay good, she's not going to become the light phoenix or the bright phoenix. No, it's I will be the white phoenix. <laughs> be the Latino phoenix. Yeah, brown phoenix. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know. And I, I have to say, I am sick and tired of this, you know, wishing things away. Yeah. No more mutants. No more Avengers. No more Phoenix. It, it it's played out. It's done. Please be Red done. I you oh, know and you know my biggest pet peeve about this ending. I thought House of M did a wonderful thing when it got rid of all of the stupid mutants that were out there, because Marvel had gotten flooded with mutants to the point where. All of the X books were just—I couldn't read any of them. They were all garbage to like, me. It was like Legion of Superheroes. Yeah, they were overwhelmed with all of these characters that I didn't care about. It was hard to get to know any of them because you had to slosh through the ones you didn't like. And now all the mutants are back. Yeah, there is a page where uh, Scarlet Witch and Hope are going after uh, Scott Summers, and on the page, uh, Scarlet Witch has her back to the reader, uh, as does Hope. And I mean the page is just horribly drawn, uh, <laughs> and I'm going to I'm going to draw a particular emphasis on Scarlet Witch's backside, which doesn't look like a human backside. You know, I mean it's just it it's just this thing that's sitting on top of her legs. It's not really you know it doesn't it doesn't have any organic flow. I mean well, it is, it's just that thing on top of your legs. Yeah, I mean it is just it's ridiculous. The, some and of these pages are just terrible. Look at Hope's face on the page before that. I know. That is a very manly hope. Yeah. Well, and I have to say, I, I flipped back to the beginning of the book, 
when I was reading that because I was like, did John Romita do some of this? Because it looked as ridiculous as some of Romita's artwork. You know, and I, I'm just it, it, be careful, Aaron. <laughs> <laughs> it That's did. a high bar to jump, right? It, it it really did. And I there are glimpses of brilliance on some of these pages, but overall I was highly dissatisfied with the artwork in the book. You know, and I have been so happy with Captain America as a character lately. I have liked the character so much. Captain America in the epilogue of this is a dick. As I'm reading through this, I just kept getting angry with Cap. I thought he was justifiable in those comments. I mean, come on, Scott. That wasn't the Phoenix Force that made him do these things. That was Scott that made him do these things. All the Phoenix Force did was enable him. I actually thought that that Captain America was justified in his comments. But let me let me draw your attention to something that bugged the shit out of me in this book. He's not done. There's I'm not done. There's one more thing, and this is actually the thing that that irritated me more than anything else. They did this whole bit on Tony Stark, you know, having his science challenged, right? Uh. You know, and that he couldn't figure it out, and so he had to he had to do something else. He had to go to faith, right? And I'm, I'm like, okay, you know, I can see that, that that there's room in the universe, you know, in the Marvel universe for combining, you know, uh, faith, mysticism, and science. But you know, the Avengers have a scientist supreme, and all they had Hank Pym doing in this series was picking up stuff. Why wasn't the scientist supreme in, engaged in this? They made a big damn deal of that over in Mighty Avengers, uh, not just, what, a year or two years ago? Mm-hmm. Uh, why wasn't the Scientist Supreme involved in this? Why was this up to the guy who builds armor? Well, and, you know, <laughs> here's another question for you. He, You know, going with Faith was such a big damn deal for him. Dude, you are on a team with Doctor Strange. Don't you already have some type of belief that that stuff is, you know, and and, 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 yeah, and a God happens to be on the team as well. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, Yeah. I just thought that was a little silly. Like, you know, I had to rely on faith. You know, I never do that. I'm like, except you rely on Thor and Dr. Strange to pull your ass out of the fire. Sometimes, you know, Dr. Strange is on the Illuminati with you. Yeah. Hello. No, no, it's just, there's some, there's some story holes that you can drive a truck through. Now, Paul, this, I read there was there were some good things out of the book as we mentioned too though. I am sold on Nova as a character now. When Nova makes that comment of this is Nova, I'm a hemisphere away, I'll be there in a few seconds. Right. That was an awesome comment. The whole Nova scene was awesome. Everything he had to say to Cyclops as he's trying to take him down. I want to read more Nova, and I've never wanted to read more Nova ever. I love Nova. Yeah, well, did you know that uh, apparently there's a new Nova series coming from Jeff Loeb and Ed McGinnis? Ugh, I wish I liked I, Ed McGinnis more. I'm I love on board for the first I issue, and I, that's something I would have never said before reading this issue. So I, I have a I have a question for you guys. Yes, sir. Okay. Did, did Cable show up in those series? No. No. Okay. Because apparently he made some comment to Scott Summers is like, when you need me the most, that's when I'll return. And so there was this, there was some consideration that he might show up at the end of this. Well, you know, they've got Scott Summers sitting in a uh, you know Ruby Quartz uh, prison cell, so uh, you know maybe Cable will show up to bust him out. Yeah, and I have seen images of Cable for previews of stuff coming up, so I think he is getting ready to make a comeback. Um, I read this digitally. How about you, Paul? 
I did as well. Um, I you know, flipping through my physical copy of the book, I I am always stunned at the things that Marvel doesn't include in their digital copy. Yeah, on you like know? certain spreads they just cut out like yeah. background. Yeah. <laughs> Um, and then you know they've got their their end of an era October 2012 you know big two page spread ad for Captain America 19 Mighty Thor 22 and Invincible Iron Man 527 you know they've got their big Comic Con ad um, but you know they, they they do a thing in here for breast cancer awareness mm-hmm. you know it's a whole big you know Susan G Komen uh, race for the cure ad. Yeah, they, and that you know, was in pretty much all the Marvel books this week. Why the hell wouldn't you put that in your digital copy? I don't understand that. Well, that's a good question. Well, I, you, you've got these these nice pages of of uh, 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 you know pimping minimum carnage, you know, uh, that are in the physical copy, not in the digital copy. I just don't get that. I don't understand why they limit that. Yeah, I mean, I, you know what? I would gladly accept some ads in my digital copy if it meant that the digital prices would go down a little bit. Well, and for the for the Marvel internal advertisements, I don't even really need an offset in price. I'm happy to have that kind of stuff. Just put it at the back of the digital copy. Yeah. Oh, and for Tim, who didn't read any Marvel books this week, the page we're referring to is uh, Iron Man has been a little on edge lately because he was waiting for the results of his breast cancer test. <laughs> And Cap's um, there to support it. Uh, yeah. um, are you trolling me? <laughs> no, no, I'm not. <laughs> okay. I, really, I am really serious. That is what it's about. Uh, okay. Good time. Yeah. So anyway, I am I'm glad that AVX is over. I think that AVX would have been a lot more fun if it was six issues rather than 12. Yeah. You know, I think that there was a whole lot of padding in this story, and I think you could have had a more consistent artistic voice if you had done a six-issue series. It just didn't need to be didn't need to be twelve. Yeah, I think honestly, we would have had much more positive reviews if it had been yeah. half the half the yeah. size. Yeah. So, well, let's move on. You know, we know how we feel can, about AVX. Can we move on? Well, I think we can move on to Amazing Spider-Man six ninety-five. Now, you know, six ninety-four. We all had some distressing things to say about that. That's because it was utter crap. So, uh, how did we feel about six ninety five? I have mixed feelings on six ninety five. Do you? That's I unlike it, you, Paul. It's unlike you to to have mixed feelings. Well, I have. Here's my mixed feelings on it. I think it was a good book. I liked the art. I actually enjoyed the story. But they had Marvel made a, quite a big deal of a a two page spread in 695 that basically features a glimpse into the future and it's like this is they're going to be talking about this on the internet and so i get to this two-page spread and it it is a bunch of visions of the future um panels from different comic books including some from the marvel now timeline right and literally they picked the most uninteresting panels that you could possibly find from these books because they tell me nothing you know i i see carnage i see hulk running i see people i see the x-men standing around i see captain america with his shield i see venom jumping i mean i see morbius fighting spider-man none of these are revelations you know i was kind of thinking the same thing as i looked through there's scarlet spider you know jumping 
Yeah, swinging. He does that? Every, yeah, he does that all the time. What's there's the Deadpool meeting Thor. You know, there's Wolverine giving the eulogy for Professor X at his funeral. What in here is, is supposed to be shocking and revelation? Yeah, other the than only possibly, scene, I say the only scenes I saw that were things that you know aren't that actually hinted a story is the X twenty three attacking. Uh, you know, basically the uh, Avengers Academy picture on the top right. And then on the top left, the original X-Men in the far future. Other well, than that, nothing... that's already been announced. You know, that's the only yeah. X-Men book. The that's only been thing announced, that... but if you didn't read news, you might not know that. Yeah. And possibly, is that Peter Parker who's made of water? You know, is that part of the superior Spider-Man powers that, you know, they're, they're talking about? If that's Peter Parker, you can't really tell. It looks like Peter Parker, but, you know, it could just be some other brunette guy made of water. But, I mean, it, it, this was just such an uninteresting glimpse of the future. Well, and did you read this digitally as well, Paul? I did. So what was frustrating on the on the digital reader, on Comixology anyway, is that it did not scan and pan across the panels. Oh, it, I know. It, you know, you had to – you know, it didn't use guided view technology to kind of carry you through this wheel – um, of a prophecy that you see here. Instead, you had to, you know, you had to manually zoom in and whatnot. And it was really difficult to to actually get a good view of what was going on through the reader. I, I'm, in fact, you actually get a better view looking at the physical comic. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's terrible. It, it is terrible. <laughs> I was disappointed that we didn't see more of Roderick Kingsley in this issue. I thought it was going to jump right into Roderick Kingsley, and that's why I picked it up. And instead, we have this goblin that I don't know anything about because he's the the current goblin. That said, I really enjoyed the issue. It felt like a like an older Spider-Man story, especially with the last page. Did you not read the first arc of Big Time? Nope, I didn't read no. any of Big Time. Well, that's probably why you don't know who Phil Urich is. The the Green Goblin who's or the oh. Hobgoblin who's in this. This is yeah. about Phil Urich. Yep. Yeah, Phil Yurick is the current hobgoblin. <laughs> Listen to him. I gotta go buy a book now. No, <laughs> this, no, I'm not doing it. You're doing it. No, it's happening. I can't do it. I say I can't speak for uh, for Paul or Aaron, Tim, but I enjoyed this book. I enjoyed need, it quite a bit. You're gonna need high powered cleaning equipment and borax to get off uh, what Alpha was on that. <laughs> on that. I, I can't deal with it. This Alpha was, is nowhere in this book, which is good. This was a really good book. It was. Now I won't say it was. It was uh, borax and whatever you just mentioned. I, I wouldn't say it was that good to, to wash out the, the bad taste of my mouth from Alpha, but it, it was good enough for me to stick on for the storyline. Well, and you know, I was I picked up six ninety five, going okay. You know, uh, you, Dan Slot really rogered me rather hard with uh, the the Alpha storyline. Let me see what six ninety five does, and and now you know it. it I, I I feel like I can trust again. You know, I so. said before I didn't really feel like there was a Spider-Man book that gave me this the feel of a Spider-Man book I was looking for. This issue is that feel. Yeah. This is the feel I've been missing. Yeah. No, I'm there with you. I'm there with <laughs> you. I, I thought I thought it was a good book. The feel you've been missing. <laughs> and this book touched Wayne inappropriately. So Dan Slot gave me the feel. Gave you the clap. <laughs> Uh, dirty. So, Aaron. Sir. End of Days. Daredevil End of Days. Yes. Came out this week. Uh, Bendis has been talking about this as the 
canon death of Daredevil. Mm-hmm. They're they're saying that this is not an Elseworlds tale. This is indeed canon. And um, if that is the case, Daredevil does indeed go down like a bitch. At some point in the future. At some point in the future, Daredevil goes down like a bitch. Uh-huh. Yeah. Mapone! <laughs> so Daredevil End of Days featuring the all-star creative team of Brian Michael Bendis, Claus Jansen, and Bill Sienkiewicz, uh, and David Mack. Yeah. Uh, came The first issue of eight came out today, featuring, again, the death of Daredevil. And um, is it Ben Urich? Yeah, Ben Urich. Ben Urich, the not Hobgoblin. Um, <laughs> <laughs> researching uh, Daredevil's life and, uh, you know, uh, finding out the Aaron mentioned the word Mapone. That was Daredevil's last word. And so he's researching to determine why Daredevil said that and what it is. You know, I like that they even made the reference that this is a Citizen Kane story. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, you know, uh, I am a huge fan of Klaus Jansen. I, I just, I love his work less wild about Bill Sienkiewicz. Um, and I feel like he has overfinished some of the pages. Yeah, some of these pages are not Klaus Janssen pages. They are yeah. 100% Bill Sienkiewicz. He, he basically took Klaus Janssen's art, which, again, I do like, just like Aaron. Yeah. And he made them Bill Sienkiewicz pages. Um, but I, I still really enjoyed the book as much as you can enjoy a book about a man being beaten to death. Um, and this that book was the, I say that was men. the most brutal death of any yeah. of the end stories I've seen. Yeah, the uh, – the, uh, the the book opens up with Matt Murdock slash Daredevil being beaten to death in the streets of Hell's Kitchen by Bullseye. And I mean, it just – it is graphic. There's blood everywhere. And they don't let up because they keep calling back to it elsewhere in the book. Um, it is it is rough. And, you know, it's intended for you to, to understand that, yeah, Daredevil's dead. Um, you know, he, he died in front of witnesses. Everybody understands that Matt Murdock slash Daredevil is dead. And while he was being brutalized in the street, people looked on and did absolutely nothing. That's not true. They took pictures and videotaped it. <laughs> yeah. Um, there, there is a sequence of action later in the book where Daredevil uh, beats the living gi out of Kingpin. And I don't <laughs> – it was, it was amazing. I loved the, those pages, you know, where he is just – he just keeps hitting uh, uh, Kingpin with his billy club in the exact same spot in the gut. And you could just feel, you know, his, in, his internal organs bursting. It was, uh, it was really pretty cool. Oh, and there's a beautiful picture where uh, Kingpin goes to punch him and he moves. Yeah. And Kingpin's fist goes into the side of a car. Yeah. And just is denting the car. Yeah. Uh, I, this is hard for me to read it in single issue format. Um, I read every single one of the Bendis Daredevil books in trade. And so I always got the full arc all at one time. Uh, so this is going to be hard for me to, to read it, you know, uh, issue after issue. But I'm in. I, I, I really very much, uh, like I said, enjoyed a book as much as I could with a man being so brutally yeah. beaten to death. So this hit a couple things for me. I liked some of the Marvel The End stuff. I really liked Punisher The End. I enjoyed Hulk The End. This hit the The End 
part of the story that I enjoyed. But also, I'm a big fan of Marvels. And the whole Ben Urich being the uh, the person behind this, writing it as he's walking around researching, you know, researching Matt Murdock and Daredevil, mm-hmm. kind of calls back to what I enjoyed about that series. Right. The everyday man, the reporter, getting a glimpse into something bigger than him. So it hit both of those for me pretty strongly. This was my book of the week. It's a good book. It was a strong book. Paul? It was. It, 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 it's a good start. It's a strong start. I, I do think, for me, it's going to be it's going to be hard for me to stay on this series. Um, because I, I know I would much prefer to read it in trade. Right. I know I would 100% rather read it in trade. Uh, then, especially since it's eight issues, you know, if it was four issues, five issues, even six issues, I could deal with it. But eight issues, you know. Now, I will say, hopefully, with this veteran creative team, there will be no delays. Right. You know, these are guys who who have gotten books out on time, and there is no reason for them not to get this book out on time. Um, so I, I'm hopeful that this book will continue on time. You know, hopefully, it's not a bi-monthly book because if it is, I'm out. I am 100% out. I mean, I enjoyed it. I, I do think it's a strong start. Um, I, you know, I, I did roll my eyes a little bit at the last page. Yeah. Well, you knew that was coming. I knew it was coming, but I was hoping it wasn't. Yeah. Um, you know, there, but a, it may not be what you think it is, Paul. True. I'm not going to ruin it. Yeah. But there is there is a, a scene. There is something on the last page that's like, oh, okay. Yeah. And I, I hope again. I hope it is a. Uh, I hope it's not true. Because you know, when you set out to make a, you know for a series to have a certain a specific point, I hope you don't negate that point. Right. Um, but I mean, I enjoyed it. I, I do like I, I like Ben Yurick as a character. Right. So you know, I'm curious to see where it goes. You know, it very much has a feeling of Bendis's Daredevil books and his Alias book, you know, that street level stuff. I, I do think it was a bit heavy handed in the, oh, no one did anything. You know, all oh, these people that he had saved all his life and all they did was take pictures. I think that was a bit heavy handed because they kept going back to it. Right. Uh, hopefully, you know, they won't throughout the rest of the series because I don't want to be preached to. I want to read the story. Right. So. We'll see. I mean, I enjoyed it. I think it's a good start. I think it's a great creative team. I think Daredevil fans need to, you know, pick it up and read it. And uh, you know, we'll see where it goes. Yeah, I'm excited. It's nice to get. You know, we, we've got the uh, glasses half full Daredevil over in the Mark Wade series, and it's nice to be able to, to to have that accompanied to the very very dark dark take on Daredevil that Bendis had. So agreed. Kind of kind of enjoying that. Yeah, but you know what? I was even more excited for than. Avengers versus X Men twelve, Daredevil End of Days, and Daredevil End of Days number one. What could possibly excite you more? Danger Club number four came out this week. Shut your mouth. Shut your mouth. Just talking about Danger Club. <laughs> <laughs> so Tim, you read this with me. <clears throat> I did. And uh, you know, Danger Club number four is uh it's an overdue issue. Danger Club number three was quite a while ago. And uh, you know, I had read online that there were some issues with the creative team, not within each other. I mean, there were some personal health issues that needed to be resolved um, that caused the delay of the book. And, you know, that stuff happens with creator-owned books. You know, if one person on the creative team has an issue, they don't really go too much for fill-ins. You know, they they wait for that guy to to feel better or resolve his issues, and then they continue. Just look at Shinku. Shinku! (laughs) (laughs) But Danger Club number four finally came out this week. Um, Tim, what'd you think? I, I don't know how there's a Danger Club 5. 
<laughs> that's, that's that's my answer. Holy crap! This so I have a question for you, Tim. Okay. Didn't and and, and this is a problem with the delay. Uh-huh. Didn't the character they show dying in this issue die in the last issue? No. Okay. No, I need to the, reread the last issue. No, the person. Okay, so the person that died last issue was like a, a like a tertiary character that died right in front of. Uh, Oh, what's his character's name? Let's just call him Young Nick Fury. That's what he is. <laughs> he died right in front of that dude, and that shook that kind of shook that guy to the, the you know to his core. And I think that's why there's uh, th- that's what precipitates what happens here. Okay. So, um, I liked everything that was happening in in reality. And I liked the voice of the of the magician character as he's going through what he's doing. Yeah, I'm curious to see but, where that goes. But here's the thing. It seems very Deus Ex Machina if he did what I think he did. I don't know if I can explain it. He the the the, the you know, the kid magician character, um, he's having this moment where uh he's walking through uh, let's just call it the negative zone, okay? Yeah. And uh, the the verbiage you're getting is him leaving a voicemail for his for his mom. You know, basically saying goodbye. It's kind of it's kind it's kind of what the impression you're getting because he mm-hmm. knows going into the negative zone is going to be a, a, a extremely dangerous. And then, like when I see him burst that one bubble, basically. I'm like, did he just undo everything that was done? And so my thought is, that why didn't he do that four issues ago? It's a good I don't point. Know. I don't know. I like the art. I, I I like I like the dialogue. I'm not so sure about that one story beat. Yeah, and I think you know, I think this first storyline is going to read extremely well um, in trade. Especially because of the delays. Yeah. I, mean, I, I love this book. And, you know, we talked a lot about it previously, but, you know, for those of you who haven't listened to it, listened to some of our older episodes, you know, it, it's kind of like a future Teen Titans story. You know, um, you know, what if the, what if all the heroes of Earth are dead and the Teen Titans have to, to take on the villains? And, and it's like that, but very dark. Mm-hmm. And, um, no, I'm, you know, so I'm looking it up, Tim. The character who dies in this issue died in issue two in the in the flash forward. At the beginning of issue two, a character is shot in the head, and then it flashes back to the time period we're at now. And oh, and we didn't we didn't know who it was. And then that same character dies at the end of this issue. Hmm. I don't know. I, I'm going to read it again, but you know, again, the delays unfortunately, you know, did take away from the reading experience a bit. Um, I, I love the series. The art is still gorgeous. You know, it's it's worth the wait. But um, I will say, you know, unfortunately, uh, if the book continues to see further delays, you know, you're going to end up having to wait, you know, till the till the trade comes out to probably get the story fully and accurately. Yeah, but I, I definitely I definitely think it's worth something to um, to follow because it, it's a really good story. Yeah, I mean, it's the Teen Titans book that you're never going to get from DC Comics. No. So, you know, this is definitely, I mean, and you're getting the same 
characters, you know, the same characterizations. You know, you can see the Robin, you can see the Superboy, you can see the Zatanna and all those characters. You can see them here, um, which is it, it, it's good because they don't really go into a lot of these characters' backstories or anything like that. You, you bring in your preconceived notions of the Teen Titans with you, and I think that helps. Yeah, I think that's what makes it work. Yeah, it's, it, but it's gonna, a damn good book. Yeah, and I would I would recommend it. But like I said, Paul, like you said, Paul, I I think it'd be better um, if you if maybe not if you had them in trade, but if 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 you if you bought the floppies all at once and sat down. Yeah, hopefully you do it that you way know, too. I hope the creative team gets more on track with the with the release dates because if they get back to a monthly schedule, I'll be fine. Because those first two issues were released pretty. In short order, I think less than a month apart, and then you know, the long wait between issues three and four really just kind of hurt the, you know, the 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 flow of the series for me. No, this is a mini series, isn't it, Paul? I believe it is. I, uh, I it, it can't seems be like more it's building up. Issue, then. Yeah, it seems like it's building to an ending around issue six. So. So next week, guys, is the start of Marvel now. Is right anybody now. excited? I actually am. I plan on getting Uncanny Avengers. Oh, yeah. I will say that the end of AVX does make sense for what they're doing with Marvel now. I do think those thing, those two events tie together pretty well. So, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm cautiously optimistic about so Marvel now. Does anyone want to guess how many different versions of the cover there are for Avengers, for Uncanny Avengers? There are at least 19. Exactly. I counted 19 covers on Comixology. That's ridiculous. That is completely ridiculous. Hey, you know, one thing we didn't talk about on AVX, Paul? Mm-hmm. No Infinite Comic in issue 12. Yeah, I noticed that. I was a little disappointed. I was severely disappointed about that. Because I, th- I think of the the uh, AVX, uh, the experiment that was AVX, I think Infinite Comics was the thing that, that worked the best in that whole series. Because, mm-hmm. you, know, you know, think about it. They trucked out Infinite Comics. They trucked out the AR Reader, which I think is interesting technology. I'm just not real pleased with what they've done with it so far. Yeah, and I don't think the app is quite there yet. They need a little bit better job with the app. I agree. But, you know, it's interesting. But, God... The infinite comic is so good, and what we only got what two? Out I of think that? we got three. We got one with Gambit, one with Cyclops talking to Jean Grey on the moon, and then the original one with Nova. I don't recall the one with Gambit. There was one with Gambit, I believe. Was I, I, I recall Cyclops on the moon. I recall, recall Nova coming in. Yeah, you guys never talked about a Gambit one. That's I, for sure. yeah. I don't recall a Gambit one, Paul. I think there I, were just the two. No, I thought there were three, but I could be wrong. Okay, well, we'll do some research on that, or Paul will do some research on that. So yeah. who's getting Uncanny Avengers? I am. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I'm, hey, my comic shop has Avengers cupcakes. What about uh, AVX Consequences, number one? I don't know what that is. It is a, kind of the post-wrap-up of AVX. It's written by Kieran Gillen. Hmm, that might be worthwhile. Yeah, I plan on getting that. There's a couple other things that I think are noteworthy coming out next week. That I wanted to uh, to mention, uh, Paul, you read some of the uh, Marvel Universe versus stuff with me. Mm-hmm. We they're doing Marvel Universe versus the Avengers, and the uh, that miniseries is starting. Yeah, I think I'm actually going to pick up issue one of that. Yeah, their catchphrase for it is not "Some worlds can't be saved, but all worlds can be avenged." Mm-hmm. So I plan on getting that. Evil Ernie number one is coming out next week. Gonna I'm pass. tempted. Gonna I'm pass. tempted. Yeah. <laughs> I am tempted too. I read now, a lot of the original Evil Ernie stuff. Yeah, me too. Now, Aaron, 
sir. The last issue of the the once again the last issue of Fantastic Four will be coming out. <laughs> the second last issue in two years, yes, Fantastic yeah. Four will be coming out uh, next week. Fantastic Four six eleven. That is Hickman's last FF or last Fantastic Four, I should say. Yeah, yeah, yeah. last Fantastic Four, and as well as the last issue of Space Punisher. Yeah, very exciting. Very exciting. Um, before Watchmen, Doctor Manhattan number two. I am not picking it up. I will be picking it up. Yeah. All right. It, so, issue one surprised me, so I'm beginning issue two. So, guys, hmm. who will be picking up Batman number thirteen with me? I would like to talk about it next week on the podcast. I will be picking up Batman thirteen. What is Batman thirteen? It's well, the start of the, start of the family the story. It's the yeah, one that the comes at it comes after Batman twelve. Actually, Batman Zero. Yeah. <laughs> if it's the start of Death of the Family, I'll probably get that first issue. It is. It Just is the start of Death of the Family. Setting. I don't plan on buying the whole crossover, but I do plan on buying individual issues here and there. I want to see Joker's interaction with Jason Todd. I want to see his interaction with Nightwing, especially because they've been hyping this up that there's never been a uh, definitive Nightwing Joker story. I want to see their definitive Nightwing Joker story. So yeah, I am I am definitely picking up Batman number thirteen. Uh, so next week, pretty pretty good, exciting week in comics. Un- between Uncanny Avengers and Batman, I'm I'm definitely psyched to go to my comic shop, and of course, Avengers cupcakes will bring me in. So <laughs> before we wrap up, I do want to say there were three Avengers versus X Men Infinites, but one was not focused on Gambit. The third one was Iron Man and Beast doing their uh, probability tests on. Who oh yeah, I remember that. Yeah, you're right. You're right. I remember that one. Yeah. So. Still, that they they could have done a lot more with it. Yeah, I, I just I, I just kind of figured it'd be in the we'd get one in the last issue. Yeah, no, I agree. You know, not that they told me that. I was just hoping for it. So, all right, guys. Well, another oh, good week. Well, hey, you know uh, we do have a uh, ha- special Halloween ideology of madness giveaway. What? Yeah, we're giving away volumes one through eight of The Walking Dead. Uh, and uh, you can find the details on that contest uh, right now on ideologyofmadness.com. No way. Way. Are, are we lying? Are we not actually going to give it to them? No, we're actually going to give it to them. Are we just going to send them a picture? No, we're, we're actually going to give them eight volumes of uh, The Walking Dead. In Torrent? <laughs> eight physical copies of the walking dead that we printed from the torrent so <laughs> they're going to be in a trapper keeper <laughs> but we put slickers on them so i mean they all have coffee stains on them but so no i eight, eight trade paperbacks uh the walking dead awesome well check it out ideologyofmadness.com yes sir so are we done is, think, is that, think, that what's happening i think here? that's i think that's what happened Bye, everybody. We're out, so, you know. (laughs) Peace. Out. I think every show should end with that. (laughs) Does someone have a Godzilla handy? That's me. Did Godzilla burp at the end? He did. Is that what that was? He had too much coffee. Podcast theme music graciously provided by Mark Andrew Pope. For more information, visit markandrewpope.com. Funny Books with Aaron and Polly is a production of ideologyofmadness.com. No Spider-Man clones were harmed in the production of this podcast.
generally side with Aaron. 